welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, this is Buddy C. Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. Today we have Ackworth Amy and Amy P and Marla and Craig. Good to have y'all today. Announcements today, the 9 p.m. Eastern meeting, uh, AA meeting, uh, you can get there, zoomaameetings.com. We will be every night during the holidays. We also have a ton of resources at transitionsdaily.org. If you need any resources, including a lot of some uh, different apps, uh, different meetings, 24-hour meetings, um, lists of uh, recovery resources to stay sober any time of the year, including the holidays. I chair on Fridays. Ackworth Amy, she chairs on Sundays. And then we're all in. And then we have on Friday night, a beginner breakout, which is really good uh, going through the book Living Sober. And and Amy uh, chairs that as well. So lots of good stuff. Any other announcements, Greg, you want to Talk about the Facebook group for a moment. Yep, you can join the Facebook page. It's the Diver Understanding Facebook page. It's the exact same logo as what's on the podcast. Um, this week we had Betty, Baron, Mark, and Kelly joined us. So welcome. It's good to have you on board. Um, when you join the group, we'll post a link to the meeting. So you, if you're interested, you can actually join in in the meeting as well. You can turn up, you can contribute, or you can turn up and just keep the camera off or join in. So please join us. Yeah. And then, then in the Facebook group, we also talk about some of these things and we got a place we can post related material and articles and things. If we wanted to keep the discussion going during the week. So good stuff, good stuff. Our story today, the tower of the spirit. This is from, Thomas Merton's translation of Chauncey's writing, and he was a student of Lao Tzu, but several hundred, what, I think 250, 300 years later, I think. So. He, he didn't actually know Lao Tzu, but he was a later student. So we've had some very good stories here. Marla, you want to read for us? The Tower of the Spirit. The Spirit has an impregnable tower, which no danger can disturb as long as the tower is guarded by the invisible protector who acts unconsciously and whose actions go astray when they become deliberate, reflexive, and intentional. The unconsciousness and entire sincerity of Tao are disturbed by any effort at self-conscious demonstration. All such demonstrations are lies. When one displays himself in this ambiguous way, The world outside storms in and imprisons him. He is no longer protected by the sincerity of the Tao. Each new act is a new failure. If his acts are done in public, in broad daylight, he will be punished by men. If they are done in private and in secret, they will be punished by spirits. Let each one understand the meaning of sincerity and guard against display. He will be at peace with men and spirits and will act rightly, unseen, in his own solitude, in the tower of his own spirit. Hmm. Thank you, Marla. Any comments, guys? Okay, the spirit has an impregnable tower, which no danger can disturb. As long as the tower is guarded by the invisible protector who acts unconsciously and whose actions go astray when they become deliberate, reflexive, and intentional. I was thinking this was talking about the spirit being our inner self, and that this invisible protector being our God consciousness, or whatever way you want to look at that, maybe. This is my thinking. Y'all tell me what y'all thought with this. And that that acts unconsciously. That's the effortless effort. But my actions go astray or my, my protection of my spirit goes astray. 
when my actions become deliberate and reflexive and intentional. I was thinking defensive, uh, selfish, dishonest, resentful, very much like fear of page 84 in the big book. Mm-hmm. I know, Amy P., I know you're coming from an Al-Anon perspective with this. So, uh, And anything from your Buddhist background, anything that you think would, uh, would add to this, please just interject. So this I was thinking about the impregnable tower, which no danger can disturb. As I'm getting better at at this uh, spiritual recovery thing, my base is getting stronger and less and less things bother me. I don't know if that's true. I might be lying to myself, but it's that base, um, you know, that that you build a house from. It's like you have to have a base, a strong foundation to build everything up from that tower. And the, I thought the same about the invisible protector. That's the Tao. It's invisible and it's unconscious and et cetera. Thank you. I'm, I'm there with you. I think that as we, we learn just not to be disturbed, not to, not to allow, you know, we learn that our suffering doesn't come from the outside in our suffering is all outward, you know, there's no outside circumstances. I think we've been talking about this off and on. No outside circumstances that must disturb us. Every time we're disturbed, it's because we're not accepting. It's an outward action. I would actually disagree with that, but it would take us down a rabbit hole that I don't know if we want to go down. We have like rabbit holes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, please. Yes. Um, <laughs> I would say if I am not disturbed by anything externally, then do I believe in evil? Because ultimately there are lots of things in this world that if I am not disturbed by, I would think that I might have something wrong with me. Um, and so that's, that's just a little bit of a juxtaposition of like, it doesn't mean I have to be upset necessarily, but what I would say is like, in a very practical example, which doesn't come from, and I'm so sorry. I've got dogs in the background. This is horrible for a podcast recording. So um, I can't control them. Um, Anyway. So (laughs) at least not while I'm sitting here um, is, you know, so this is coming from psychological. So I have psychological Buddhist and Al-Anon perspective. So from a psychological perspective, if I am not disturbed by someone abusing me if i'm not if i'm not physically and emotionally and psychologically disturbed by someone abusing me then one might argue that i am conditioned to abuse Mm -hmm. so to me it's not about everything on the outside i don't have to be disturbed by it's in what circumstance do i need to be disturbed do i really need to be disturbed Because ultimately, in some cases, I would argue you do need to be disturbed. So anyway, that's all. Yeah, that's a good perspective. Yeah, for me, lack of disturbance does not equal equate to approval or something that I feel is appropriate or that I'm going to condone or tolerate. What it means for me is that I can be I can take care of uncomfortable situations or things that I don't approve of without me getting angry, like overly, like me acting out and being in fear and all the things that uh, where I lose my peace. Uh, I can take now, if it's something like a, I mean, abuse situation is not my experience. I don't, I don't deal with that. i uh, so I haven't had to accept something of that magnitude, but things I've had to accept that have been major things that are unacceptable. I've been able to accept unacceptable situations and what disturbance I had learned how to let that all my acceptance of unacceptable situations came from within, not from changing my circumstances, just changing the circumstances did not give me peace. 
uh, I had to do that came from an inner work for me to do that. If that makes sense. Complete. It makes sense. I just don't think it applies to the example I gave. Um, I believe that in situations where we are in unacceptable situations, there may be times where we absolutely need to be filled with whatever fuel we need to be out of that situation. Um, Yeah, but that doesn't mean that you have to be totally out of control to do that. I mean, you can say it takes what it takes. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> like, you know, I, I wouldn't rule anything out. Let's put it that way. I wouldn't rule anything out. But see, that's what's your experience with that, though? See, that's my experience is that any situation that I have, that my peace with that comes from within. It doesn't come from without here. So if we stick to talking about what our experience is, uh, rather than situations that don't apply, that might be a good place to, to start. So, um, but, you know, I'm, I know I got to be, you know, if I had a situation like that, that's unacceptable. But that doesn't mean that changing that situation is going to give me peace. Granted, it needs to change, but I would still have inner work to do to, to get to a place of peace with that. Yes. And it might involve actually getting enraged. That might be part of the process. But the different the difference, Amy, is the Tao is not a psychological. Um, we're not we're not studying it from a psychological point of view. It's more of a spiritual point of view, and so um, in we're, we're which is why I said maybe we shouldn't go down this rabbit hole. So I'm fine with us shifting. I'm in, I mean, it's. I love hearing the other side of it. The Tao is a little different than the boot than the um, Buddhists in that the Tao takes your e- wants you your ego completely out of it. So we're talking about having a balance, a spiritual balance. Uh, Craig, what do you have, sir? I think the spiritual balance can. I think it really depends on how we react to things. Are we going to react to things? Or are we going to respond to things? And I think there are certain situations where we do need to react rather than just respond to things. And I think what Amy was talking about is, is incredibly valid because it's an automatic, um, it's, a, it's an ingrained instinct for the fight or flight um, part of the human being. You know, I think there's some things that we can't control, some reactions that we can't control because it's, you know, it's inbuilt in a survival mechanism that we have to react in some ways. Um, so I, I, I completely see where, where Amy's coming from. So thanks for raising that, Amy. Um, I was looking at the, the spirit. Uh, the spirit has an impregnable tower. I switched the words around and, and I was, I was kind of looking at that from a sobriety point of view. My, my, my sobriety has a, has an impregnable tower. Um, which no danger can disturb as long as the tower is guarded by that invisible protector. And I've seen that invisible protector as me just doing the right, next right thing and not getting involved in things that, that don't concern me and, and, and reacting rather than responding to things. That's normally when I, when I see a, a, a disturbance. I usually think when I'm reacting, then I'm trying to get involved in things that I'm not qualified to get involved in and, Sometimes a response from myself is just to say, yeah, that's fine, and, and walk away from, from situations rather than getting involved in things that I'm not really qualified to deal with. Um, and I think, the, I think the main word in there is, um, for myself is intentional. What's, what's my intentions behind the way that I'm reacting or the way that I'm responding to things? Is it for personal gain or is it for helping others? I, I usually find that, I'm spiritually more fit when I'm helping others than when I'm trying to gain from people. Yeah, I, I, I was focusing on the reflexive part of that, the defense. And there's a Course in Miracles quote that I like that if I defend, uh, I'm inviting attack. And I, if I'm defending myself, I really need to look at why I'm defending. What What's behind that? Am I is there something I'm trying to get my way about that I should just be letting go? What's what's the whole point to, of? Am I trying to hide something? 
exactly. Or am I acting out of fear too? Fear could be part of that. That's where I was going with the, you know, because it's interesting how the, the invisible protector unconsciously is doing this, is defending. I mean, unconscious uh, is unconsciously guarding. But then the problems come when I start being reflexive. Uh, I have an, when I have an agenda, all those things. And then the, the second verse, uh, the second section says, the unconsciousness and entire sincerity of the Tao are disturbed by any effort at self-conscious demonstration. All such demonstrations are lies. Can we just say selfie next to this verse? There's no sincerity in taking selfies. <laughs> there isn't. <laughs> we got a frowny face from Ackworth. Yeah, because every time I see my grandbaby, I absolutely take a selfie. I don't participate in social media of any kind. That's different. But, it's a okay. okay. If you're a teenager and you're like at some fancy nightclub, like you're taking fancy pictures of yourself in the bathroom and snorting up coke and you know that's oh, that escalated quick. <laughs> a self-conscious demonstration, which is a big lie. <laughs> well, that, that goes back to the oh. just asking for what? What did you say, Craig? I was just asking for the name of the nightclub. Oh, oh right. You know, it's the one that you frequent. It's in the. It's in Detroit. <laughs> You wouldn't like it. But I think that comes back to the external, right? That absolutely comes back to like, as long as I look good on the outside, as long as I look and cool, feel, feel cool on the outside, right? Like, um, hmm. self-conscious demonstration, all such demonstrations are lies. I, for some reason, that reminded me of the, uh, and I looked yeah. it up, the line in, Verse 46 from Stephen Mitchell, there's no greater illusion than fear, no greater wrong than preparing to defend yourself, no greater misfortune than having an enemy. Whoever can see through all fear will always be safe. And then I think another translation of that same one is that hope and fear are both illusions. And I always wondered why hope would be an illusion, too. And I think it's because... In some regard, um, hope is taking us out of the moment as well, just into the future, not not the past. So um, that we're wishing things are different, it takes us out of acceptance, takes us out of the moment where our actions become deliberate, don't they? Yeah. I was thinking the 77th, the 77th verse. Um the last part of the Stephen Mitchell translation says, the master can keep giving because there is no end to her wealth. She acts without expectation, um, succeeds without taking credit and doesn't think she's better than anyone else. Hmm. There's, there's, no, there's, there's no expectations. Then surely we've nothing to gain. How about this one? This is 67, Ron Hogan. If you want to get ahead, show people compassion. When other people attack you, defend yourself with compassion. It's the most powerful force in the universe. Hmm. When one displays himself in this ambiguous way, the world outside storms in and imprisons him. Um, I'm thinking about Scrooge. Yeah. Because he was imprisoned in his own world. And the next Verse two, I was thinking about Scrooge. He will be punished by men and he will be punished by spirits because he was a big dick. It's interesting how you don't imprison the world storms in and imprisons him. It's like it's like the anti-effortless effort. It's and I was thinking about this when I drank all the time. I really didn't have to work at being drunk other than to drink, right? I mean, it was like it was like once I drank, 
the rest of it took care of itself. I didn't work super hard at that, right? I just drank and it all happened for me, okay? And in the same way, this is saying that when we start down this road of self-conscious demonstration, uh, fear, I would say this is fear too, uh, that the world outside storms in and imprisons him. So it's like an automatic thing that happens. Well, it said, um, didn't, didn't, I mean, prior to recovery, when I was immature, I created stories in my head about things people said to me and why they said them and then created a story about myself. And um, none of it was true. Um, I'm not sure why I was talking, what, I was thinking about that. It's just delving into the fantasy world and the world that we create based on our own um, karma. How do we clean that karma? I think we stopped listening to that voice. We, we stopped listening to it. We stopped listening to the, the thoughts. We were three conversations. There's a conversation that I think I'm going to have. There's a conversation that I actually have, and then there's a conversation that I think to myself, you know, I should have had this conversation. And I'm sitting having that internal dialogue with myself all day, every day. Yes, you yeah. create this, and none of it ever happens. I think we just surrender to that voice. We, you know, we just we acknowledge it and, and surrender to it. Michael Singer, uh, who'd done the surrender experiment in the Untethered Soul, he spent years and years just developing a technique where he just does the absolute opposite of what the voice tells him. If somebody if somebody comes to him and he doesn't want to do something for somebody, then his automatic reaction is, yeah, let's do it. He didn't live by instinct? He lived by anti-instinct? No, I think I think we intuitive I think we intuitively know the next right thing to do. But you said he was going against what he thought was the right thing to do. Yeah. That doesn't mean I mean, he just did that at first, right, Craig? He started noticing that, and then it all... Yeah, and then what what progressed from there was his intuition took over, and he was was just basically doing the next right thing for for everybody else. And he gained from a life of service. And all he did, all he done was, you know, not listen to that voice that that we're talking about. Hmm. I was thinking about how... I'm at the ninth step promises and how many of these came true for me when I was drinking, what alcohol did for me, right? Um, Going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. Yes. Not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. Yeah. When I drank, I did not regret the past at all. This happened for, you know, for a short period of time while I was drinking. And I chased that after that, right? Uh, We're comprehend. The word serenity and no peace. If we're down the scale, no matter how far down the scale we've gone, we'll see how our experience can benefit others. Oh, this one's a big one. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. Uh, our, our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. This is the one you're talking about, Greg, I think. We'll intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. And it's interesting how, uh, you know, alcohol did that for me for a while, but it wouldn't, you know, do it all the time. It was about the first, what, 20 minutes to hour of every drunk. And then after that, I was just chasing that that feeling again, right? Every new act is a new failure. Huh. Hang on, buddy. <laughs> One what? second. One moment. The part um, when one displays himself in this ambiguous way, the world outside storms in and imprisons him. Whatever our protestations are, not most of us concerned with ourselves, our resentments or our self-pity, selfishness, self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our troubles, driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking and self we step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some time in the past, we have made decisions based on self, which later placed us in a position to be hurt. 
So because of our actions and our self-consciousness, our selfishness, that is the reason that I was imprisoned when I was active in my disease. Mm-hmm. And what, like, wasn't your family really worried about you or your husband really worried about you when you were drinking, Amy? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like we're some, I was talking to another woman about that, her, how worried her husband was about her all the time and what he went through. The things that we put our family through due to our selfishness, that's something I, I can't get over really myself. Very, it's a selfish disease, but. Yeah, when when one displays himself in this ambiguous way, the world outside storms in and imprisons him. That's exactly what you were talking about, him. That was exactly it. Such inner turmoil. Hmm. We don't have to have that. And if we want to flip it on its head from the Al-Anon perspective, we would say sort of the opposite. We would say, my constant focus on the other which is its own disease. <laughs> it also is imprisoning. Is that like the uh, codependent? Co- codependent that they use now. Well, I hate that word only because if anything, this pandemic has taught us is we are codependent on each other as a society, as a world, you know, as humans. So I think, anyways, you yeah. can edit that out, buddy. Well, I would say here, here's the nuance. Here's the nuance. Codependence means that I would lose my own identity and sense of self when I further involve myself with others. And I would say the pandemic, hopefully for those of us that are open and, and willing is that it creates interdependence, right? Where I can allow you to be you and me to be me. And I don't have to lose any part of who I am. That's a much better definition. Thank you for clarifying that for me. It's okay. It's a it's an easy one to I think get mixed up because yeah, codependent actually does on the surface sound okay. Like if you if you didn't know anything about recovery or anything, you would think, oh, codependent. Well, that doesn't sound that horrible. But then actually, no. But yeah, I see your point. Mm, thank you. Anything else, guys, from before we move to the second page? If his acts are done in public in broad daylight, he will be punished by men. If they're done in private and in secret, they will be punished by spirits. In other words, you're not going to get away with it, right? <laughs> Either way, you're not. Either gonna... way, right? <laughs> I think that's pretty simple. I don't have any notes by that. Well, by that's that what I mean by Scrooge. You know, he... he... Scrooge was visited by the spirits and not treated well. I thought we're only as sick as our secrets. Mm-hmm. When I was talking about that part, you, you'll be punished by your spirit. You know, you you know that you've done wrong. Unless you're a psychopath, Craig. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's the jury's still out in that one. But what I'm what I'm thinking about there is that when we're doing a, a tenth step. When I know that I've done something wrong, I know that I need I have that amends to make. I know that I have to I, I have to recognize the recognize the emotion, the recognize the fear, um pray about it, talk to my sponsor about it, talk to somebody about it. And if there's any amends to get made, then I have to make them there and then. Otherwise at some point it's at some point it's gonna stop playing on me. And I'm then gonna think to myself, do you know what? I, I managed to get away with it that once. Let's see what happens if I get away with it another time and then another time. And then from there on, it just snowballs and, and escalates. And then before I know it, I'm back to the old behaviours that I used to be doing. And a lot of it wasn't about drinking. A lot of it was about being deceitful. A lot of it was about lying, cheating, stealing, all the sort of things that we don't think we've really done until you sit down with your sponsor and he says, you know, have you ever you ever stole anything out of your house? You're like, well, no, because it was mine. Have you ever taken anything that your wife didn't know about? I was like, well, yeah, yeah okay, right, right. So you're, so you're a thief. Right, okay, right. Is there anything you didn't tell her about? Said, no, I, I was always honest. Really? Oh, yeah, so you're lying straight away. You know, so it's, it's really recognizing those behaviors. And if I don't act on it there and then, 
then I'm very quickly going to regress back to the ass that I used to be. That's where I see that line. You get punished by by the spirit. Greg, any other comments, guys? I was just going to offer once again the Al-Anon perspective here, which is, and it's, I mean, I would say AA too. Well, you guys could tell me, I suppose, that if we are only as sick as our secrets and we're caught in some level of deceit that ultimately we're just betraying ourselves, it's all a form of self-betrayal, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so realizing first that, yes, I, I probably have betrayed other people, but first and foremost, I've betrayed myself. Totally. Doesn't, doesn't it say on our, on our medallions to, to, to let oneself be true? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Any other comments? Yeah, I think so. Um, to that own self be true and self-betrayal. Um, there are those two who are constitutionally, constitutionally incapable, incapable of being honest being with themselves. Honest with themselves. Echoing, echoing. I think we're not yet. Um, there are those that suffer from grave and emotional mental dis emotional mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. Right? Um, I, I'm I'm su- there's no coincidence. Nothing happens in God's world by mistake. That there is someone on this podcast today with an Al-Anon perspective. Um, I too have a a bit of Al-Anon, um, and I can tell you that this week for sure. This perspective has helped me more than than anything else. I um been working with someone, um, you know, sponsoring someone for quite some time, several years, and um, the web, the of, web lies of lies and deceit um, have come out more so recently, and and I'm just thinking of. The, the flip side of this, what we just read, that the acts done in public, punished by men, and the, those done in private, punished by spirits. Well, in this case, I think the, the, the acts were done in private until the, I mean, the disease was there, right? But until it became too much, and then all of a sudden, the private became public, and more people started to pick up on, huh? She's using again. She's using again. Oh, I wonder. I wonder, is is it my imagination or are these really old behaviors? What's going on? And then the betrayal part. It's uh, it's It's been interesting, challenging. I'll just say it. It's been very challenging for me to step back and not focus on the betrayal that I feel. Because I trusted this person, right? And I believed her. And I know there's a solution. Um, But we were talking about expectations, I think, at the beginning, right? And so my Al-Anon meeting on Monday night said, why do we expect someone to behave any differently? I've heard that how many times? And and, And a light bulb came on and I was like, holy shit. I was expecting her not to act as as a drug addict would act. What? So I think going back to the beginning of the conversation, it's a spiritual axiom when I'm disturbed, there's something wrong with me, right? From that perspective only, what was wrong with me, I did not resume my active disease. She did. I'm sober. She's not. But what my part was, I expected her to behave differently than a drug addict would behave. I'm absolutely feeling betrayed. I'm absolutely feeling enraged. I'm glad you used that word earlier, right? She didn't do this to me, but I felt like it for a moment, right? I'm really grateful that I don't have to suffer that pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. I'm grateful that mine's just surface level that I just have to deal with the embarrassment, you know, and the ego deflation and the, and the, all of those things. Right. Anyway, thanks for letting me just vent that out and get it out. Cause that's all I could think about with this reading was just my 
immediate experience with being punished by spirits. And thank God it's not me today. I mean, it's good, good, Amy, that you can see your part in that, too, because at least you can learn from from her relapse, <laughs> you know, and not have to relapse yourself to learn those lessons. I mean, that's always what I say when somebody comes back in. I'm like, oh, thank God you didn't die. Oh, I'm so grateful it's not me. Thank you for going out so I don't have to. I mean, I know that sounds awful, but, you know, I don't wish this on anybody, but yeah, yeah. grateful it's not me. I thought what was funny was a lot of your angst came from your embarrassment that your sponsee went out. <laughs> uh, that's well, funny. of course, because don't you know who I am? I'm Ackworth Amy. I am the best sponsor in the world. Do you? What? Nothing that's my me, ego. Nothing could make me not drink if I wanted to. Nothing. You should lower your ex, you should really lower your expectations. I, I I expect all my guys to go out and drink that way. I'm pleasantly surprised every time I log in and meet them and like, I'm still so well. I'm like yes, yeah, look what I've done. Well, I think that I needed to hear that, Craig. Honestly, I actually needed to hear stuff that Craig had to say today. Thanks. That was good. Hey, Marla. You know you're you're right. If you want to drink, there's nothing that can stop you, but. By the same token, token. If you don't, there's nothing that can make you. Hey, Craig, show us your uh, sweater oh, or jumper. Okay. I'm sorry, your it's jumper. a jumper in Scotland. It's a jumper. Don't start this debate again. It's a jumper. Okay, show us. It's your ugly sweater. And this, this is another good plug for the for the Facebook page because if you join the Facebook page, you can actually see my jumper. It's, it's actually Yoder, and he's saying, "Very good. I have very good. I have been." Amy P. He does. He has like. How many jumpers do you you started or sometime in, in December and have like a different one for every day? I think I started in June. Let each one understand the meaning of sincerity and guard against display. And guard against not only display, but all those things at first, too, I would think. Deliberate, reflexive, and an intentional action, selfish actions. Our fearful actions, defensive actions, I would think that would include all of that. He will be at peace with men and spirits and will act rightly unseen in his own solitude in the tower of his spirit. I see some humility there. And it sounds like the meat shall inherit the earth. Oh, and we will. (laughs) The meek aren't supposed to care whether they inherit the earth or not. And they already have it. No, know it. See, that's the thing. So when your insides match your outsides, then you will be at peace. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. That's what Gandhi said. Be the person you wish to be. What did he say? Be the change you wish to forget it. I forgot Total Obama it. said No, sorry. be the change you wish to see in the world. That was Gandhi, I think. But we can attribute it to Obama if you'd like, because he did win the Nobel Peace Prize. But he deserved it too. Very, very well deserved. Yep. It was well deserved. We're not going to go. I got to delete this part out because I know I don't do no politics on it. I was about to say we have no opinion on outside issues, but. (laughs) You can say what. Yeah, you're right, Amy. You're right. I don't. I try to leave that out. Buddy's toes just crumbled. (laughs) My tower. What happened? I just lost. I just what happened? I I had an intentional act. I guess uh, I re, I was defensive. You're reflective. <laughs> if anybody sees Buddy Serenity, tell him he wants it back. Yeah. <laughs> and now I got to pray for Obama a little bit. Oh, he's doing just fine without your prayers. Thank you very much. No, it's me that's not doing fine, Marlo. That's uh, why okay. I got to pray. It's not to help him. It's to help me. It doesn't help him. It just helps me. <laughs> uh, anything else with this, guys? Well, one one thing, and I'm going to get it wrong because God knows I am. I'm just going to say it right now. I am a rusty when it comes to um, recovery literature and where I found it and who said it. So forgive me. But um, I believe there is something in the traditions. Sure. Um, we're going to go with that. Uh, something in the traditions that, that, that goes along the lines of 
you know, like guarding against something related to display. I'm butchering it. I'm butchering it. But like something in the recovery literature that that kind of talks a little bit about this theme in sort of display. Can anybody and maybe attraction. we're talking attraction rather than promotion? Yeah. Okay. And anonymity. Yeah, both. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So attraction rather than promotion. So one of the things that that has been rolling through my mind this entire time when we're talking about this this idea of display and and not display or you know doing things um in the solitude you know is like how where there is no line sorry dogs dog toys um there is no line but to me like where it's a gradient right so like where in this gradient of display and solitude do I feel comfortable? And by comfortable, I mean, where do I know that my ego is more or less in a place where it's not running the show? Does that make sense? Right? Attraction rather than if you can answer that, you, you've just solved the world's problems. Thank you so much. You just solved humanity's problems. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an unanswerable, right? But like, ultimately, that's the question, I guess, we all have to answer for ourselves, right? And um, being able to work with people, whether it's, you know, my sponsor, other people, other supportive people, who are reflecting back to me in some way, shape or form kind of where I'm at. Cause I would say for myself, this is, this is not something that I see in myself very well. I have to have other people in my life to reflect that back to me of where I'm at on that gradient. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We see it. My grandmother would say bass backwards. We see it behind us, you know, we realize God's doing for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. That, that I think that's what that's talking about. I always see it after my behavior. So my behaviors changed. Why did I behave like that instead of the way I used to? Um, anyone have any suggestions or how they're starting to see? For me, it's about me setting the intention that I want to walk in love. The intention that because if I'm if I'm coming from a place, I've got a sponsee who tells me that, oh, I can just make up and do nice things for people and, you know, instead of loving them and I could get all confused. I said, listen, stop thinking. First of all, I said, if you're doing something from a place of love, I said, if you're doing it for selfish motive, uh, you won't be doing that very long. Because when you don't get the credit you think you deserve, you'll speak up. You'll see that, you know, uh, that that's not working. So for me, um, the way that I move in that direction of egolessness that you're talking about, Amy, is by uh, setting the intention with an open heart that I want to walk in love today in my actions toward others. and, and it's always toward others. It doesn't matter what I believe in God or not or whatever. I see that happens when I'm interacting with other people. It's not happen. It doesn't happen for me, just me by myself. I have to have other people involved for that to happen. Um, but that, that's where it, that's where it comes for me. That's the whole idea uh, for me is is. Uh, setting the intention to walk in love to serve today. Uh, and, and things pop up all the time for me to do service wise or, or kind act. If you want to go with kind, walking kindness, ever how you want to say it. But uh, I have those decisions to make all the time, all the time. Craig. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm very similar in that vein. It's, I think it's living the example. I want to to set for to set for people that I'm that I'm accountable to. I have my sponsees, I have my family, I have my son. Um, 
when it comes to the sponsors, they came to me because I have something they want. And it would be very egotistical for me to say and say, well, yeah, just stick with me and you know, you'll be as sober as I am. You know, I, I, I have to, I still have to work the steps. I have to work my program. I have to be accountable to my sponsor. Um, I have to be accountable to everybody at this meeting, everybody else I'm interacting with. You know, I, I cannot let that ego take over because again, when, when it does that, I'm going to regress very, very quickly back to the, to the old behaviors. And you know what? It's, I, first of all, I don't want it. I, I don't want that. But then, you know, I have a responsibility for other people as well. Um, and I know they're responsible for their own sobriety. But again, you know, there's, there's that, that interdependency that you, you spoke about earlier on, Amy. Um, you know, I, I have that, I have that responsibility for other people. It doesn't. It doesn't. It, it doesn't mean to say that I'm again. I'm not taking everybody else's sobriety on board. That's 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 their responsibility. Oh, interesting that Craig said earlier that he just expects everybody to go back out, and then is like, you know, surprising yay when they don't. Because with respect to the 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 ego and like what's ego, and I for me assume for myself. That everything that I do is, is is because of me, because of me and what's in it for me. And so, um, like Buddy was talking about, like I run everything by my sponsor because I can manipulate a good idea in my head and make myself think that it's a God idea. And I got here with bright ideas. So... Everything for me is has to come back to what are my motives and are my motives self-seeking? And I don't know. I don't know. Because I did that for a long time, more than, what, 22, 23 years. Everything was about what's in it for me. And everything was me, 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 me. And so my first reaction to anything that I do is... It's based on self. Now, the more that I work, the the more that I work on that, maybe, I don't know, still some days I can can convince myself that I'm doing, my motives are pure when they're not. I mean, I'm hiding a bad motive under, you know, underneath a good one. And and it takes, again, it takes my sponsor to say, hey, (laughs) Look at it from this perspective. Yeah, but Amy, so. what happens is you the light shines on it, and you see it eventually. You you can't you're you're not going to get away with that very long, you know. Right, right. I don't like the way it feels. Exactly. Add for what I do is I try. One of the most important things somebody said at a meeting was that I heard was, "You are not the family; you are part of the family." And that kind of right-sized me a little bit. So I like what I really try to do with everything is um, step back and look at it from a bigger point of view. But again, I'm like, I'm like you, Ackworth, Amy, totally dishonest with myself most of the time. I need people to tell me, to write me. Aren't sponsors really annoying? What's annoying? Sponsors, they're really annoying, aren't they? I don't have them. I don't have sponsors. I just look to you guys. You guys are my sponsors. Craig doesn't have to have one either if he doesn't want one. I always found out like I knew more than they did. So I um this is uh breaking up with you, buddy. Do what? He's thinking of breaking up with you. (laughs) Uh I think I've just uh, been done responsive (laughs) mine. So that's why I can say that. Uh, well, if he wants to, he can. I mean, that's up to him. You know? Participate in family quarrels. <laughs> I'm not quarreling. I mean, I'm just picking at him. So, in, in, in all fairness, <laughs> if I was looking for another sponsor, I'd have to make an effort, and I really cannot be bothered having to make an effort again. So, if it's sorry, <laughs> you guys, I'll just I'll, I'll stick with the one I've got. It's, I'll stick with the like, problem I have, right? 
it's, it's like getting remarried again. If anything happened myself and Louise, I started dating again. I'd, I'd have to make an effort, and you know, I just really couldn't do that again. So, kind of I want to get this quote in real quick. This is uh, from some Indian guy, Bhagwan Sri Rashish, on the story the Tower of the. I looked up how to pronounce that. Only man is uh, only man is in suffering. Suffering exists nowhere else than in the heart of man. This is his comments on this tower of the spirit. The whole of nature's joyous. The whole of nature's always celebrating without any fear, without any anxiety. Existence goes on existing, but man is a problem. Why is this so? Uh, why does every man have problems? If only a few were problems, we could call them ill, abnormal. But just the contrary is the case, only a few are without problems. If only a few figure this out, most everyone is operating from, uh, from an agenda, from fear, from, you know, being deliberate, intentional, all those things that this story is saying, uh, leaves us, uh, uh, Leaves us in a state that we could be attacked. Leaves us in a state of uh, uh, of not being protected. So, anything else before we close, guys? I think my favorite have quote. Good, uh, have a good Christmas, everybody. Yeah, and then next week, I really do. I want to go back and close with this quote that we talked before from Ron Hogan from '67. If you want to get ahead, show people compassion. When other people attack you. Defend yourself with compassion is the most powerful force in the universe. And Amy P., I think that's where you start with it, with what you're talking about. How do we see this? How do we make that shift? I think that's the way we make the shift. Uh, for me, it's in relationships or situations. It's okay. How can I show love in this situation? How can I, you know, uh, uh, how, how can I, instead of acting on my fear, how can I show love? And if I start there, um, it can work itself out. It always makes it better, no matter what it is. Hmm. Yeah, Marla, everyone have a great Christmas. Thank you. And then next week, I think we're going to talk about, I want everyone to bring their quotes that they have or look and find some about what the Tao would say about planning for the future or New Year's resolutions or those things, because there's a tendency to think that if you're following the Tao, that you make no plans, that you're just, you know, in the moment of whatever it is, is, and you don't, you don't do those things. But my thinking is that you do make plans. You just uh, lower your expectations of those plans. It's about expectations. But let's see what it says. Maybe, uh, and if you find some that say, no, you shouldn't make any, bring those to well, y'all have a great Christmas, and we will see you next week. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use, and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.